y'all. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 14. 14. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I was like, I know that we did 13 sometime. I couldn't remember if this was 13. I mean, 14 or this was 15. Interesting. We we gathered that when you paused. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She, my mama had to explain everything and... God rest her soul. Carrie has taken it over. (laughs) Okay, what do you have to tell me? Oh, get ready. Lean in close because I have, like, true crime, real life. We know somebody that had something very sketchy happen to them. What? Well, we know them but not know them. (laughs) Okay. One of my coworkers, her... Little sister, she's like early 20s. Mm-hmm. She lives in Colorado and she came to Charleston because Taylor Swift was having a concert. Mm-hmm. They had like a whole family thing, you know, so they're living their best life. Well, back in Colorado, there's like a neighbor that's a handyman. Everyone's like, oh, ask. You know, Mr. Fix-It. I don't know his name. You know. Fix-It Felix? <laughs> yes, we'll call him Fix-It Felix. <laughs> Fittingly, because Carrie's Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, y'all. True story, Carrie. Oh, Lord. Oh, we'll have to get in that another time. Back to the matter at hand. So, Fix-It Felix, you know, he's like the neighborhood Fix-It guy. Like, we have a neighbor here that's like that. It's who is, like, amazing, Mr. Jean. So he's, like, her Mr. Jean. Okay. Well, she lives by herself right now because her husband's deployed. Okay. So she had something wrong with her sprinkler system, but she was leaving, and so they were like, you know, let Fix-It Felix work on it. Give me the key, like, her neighbor that she knew. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let him in, you know, whatever, and it'll be done. Whatever. They're waiting for Taylor Swift to come on. And she gets a notification that one of her little cameras picking up stuff. So she's like, oh, he must have went in to get, like, a drink or something. You know, like, whatever. Something happened and it's like, okay, whatever. You know, they enjoy the concert. Everything's great. Well, then when they get home, she's, like, getting in into bed or whatever, looking through all of her notifications. He did not get him a drink. <gasps> he went into her bedroom. <gasps> mm-hmm. And so her camera there, because, again, she's with it, so she has cameras all in her house, you know. And you can kind of hear what there's... It was him and a man that were in there, and they were saying something. Well, then that man left, so I... He did fix her stuff. Yeah. So I guess, you know, whatever. Well, he went back into her bedroom, went into her closet, (gasps) which is where her dirty clothes hamper is. No. Mm Mm-hmm. Got a pair of her panties. No. Mm Mm-hmm. Thongs, if y'all must know. And sniffed them. No. Yes. Ew. And she's, like, such a pure-of-heart girl, too. So, she, this is, like, traumatized her. I mean, it would traumatize me, too. But, like, oh, this blew her world. I don't my. think she knew people did that, anyway. <laughs> you know? Meanwhile, I'm like, damn, she should sell those. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, then, 
he takes one of her pair of undies home with him. Oh, my God. Like, stuffs it in his pocket. Oh, my God. Takes it home. Yeah, so she's, like, comes into uh, my co-worker's room, and she's like, um... I need you to look at this. And so my coworker, she gets easily riled up too. <laughs> and so she's like, oh my God, this is sick. I mean, which it is, but you know, she's like, oh my God. So they call the police to let him know, them know. And so she sends them all the evidence. Yeah. You know, and so she go, she has to go back home after that. Bless her heart being alone. Oh my gosh. You know, a city that she doesn't have a lot of friends in. Yeah. Because they just moved there. And he's like her neighbor. Yeah. You know, and uh, so she had to take a restraining order out on him just as a uh, precaution. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, we all know how that kind of escalates sometimes. Yes. Not all the time. People have their fetishes, but she's like a young, 20, yeah. cute girl by herself. Mm-hmm. You know, who's already very trusting. <laughs> but, yeah, so, the, like, he can't, like, talk to her. He can't do anything. And so... She's, like, still freaked out because she's been violated. Yes, that's exactly the word that came to my mind, too. It's, like, it's harmless, but it's not. Mm -hmm. You know, like, nobody was hurt, but on the other hand, it's, like, her space is violated, her neighborhood is violated. I mean, I bet everybody in the neighborhood, that if they know about it, feels the same way. I don't think she's told anyone. But what about other people that he's done stuff to and they don't have cameras? You know, and what if that becomes something more? Well, and I mean, how many times do Mm -hmm. serial rapists start out as Mm -hmm. like peeping toms, stealing underwear, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's like, could it escalate? Yep. I mean, we covered one that started out that way. Remember, he was like five or something and he stole people's Mm -hmm. panties. And I was like, how did he do that as a kid? Yeah, I don't remember who it was, but I remember what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, imagine episode. that. <laughs> One of those episodes we did. <laughs> Whatever episode we're on. <laughs> but yes. That's like, nuts. When she told me, I was like, Ugh, what? Like, every detail I need to know. And so then I was like mulling it over. And so I called her back and I was like, so can I talk about this on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah. Whatever. Oh, but, my God. Yes. And I've been dying to tell you, but I had to keep it for the podcast. I had to keep it. And that's very Look, hard for me. Donna's a changeling because <laughs> that bitch can't keep a secret. <sighs> Who are you and what have you done with Donna? <laughs> I told Marley. I, like, whispered in her oh ear. Oh, my God. <laughs> I believe that. You probably really did it, didn't you? No, I didn't. But that was a damn good idea. <laughs> I should. Next you told, time I you told your daddy and Mr. Jean, though? <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't, but that's also another good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I was thinking this weekend, I have always, like, my dream job has been be like a radio Mm -hmm. personality in the morning, talk about pop culture, whatever, but that I get to talk about my creepy shit, Mm -hmm. even better. So this is like, whoa, better. And with my bestie. Marley? Just kidding. Actually, yeah. (laughs) But I remembered origin story. When I was little, 
don't know what age, but for Christmas or my birthday, I got a karaoke machine. And this was like pre-karaoke machines. It wasn't like a silver fancy one that's big, like a boombox. This was like bigger, but it was like black and had two cassette places. And you can make your voice like echo or whatever. But that was like it. You Mm -hmm. know, so you're able to play something, sing along with it, and record it. That's what the two things were for. Mm -hmm. It also had a radio. And... I would record the top 10 on the radio and, like, play it back, you know? Like, that was my cassette time. Yeah. And, like, you would pretend like you were the announcer, like, announcing Um, the next songs? Yes. I actually called in, and I was an announcer for the top things a lot of the time on our local thing. Me and Tiffany also... Oh, my God. The Flintstones really do come in all the fucking time. Also have another story about them. But okay, so me and Tiffany would call SO one hundred, which is our one of our local pop stations, mm-hmm. and this guy, his DJ name was like Luke Skywalker back in the day. I, I think that was it. Surely not. Wait, is that the Star Trek Wars, I think. Uh, yeah, Star Wars thing. It was something Skywalker. I don't know what it was. Doesn't matter. Anyway, sorry. Shout out to you wherever you are. Uh, (laughs) Me and Tiffany would call him and be like, do you think you're more of a Fred or a Barney? No. (laughs) Stop it. Well, what'd he say? (laughs) I don't even remember. But we'd call him doing stupid shit all the time. (laughs) Would he, like, were you on the air? No. Oh, but he he would answer? Yeah, he would answer. And we'd, like... Do that and then like and then call him back and do something. Oh no, my god, that's hilarious. Yes. Oh my gosh. Tiffany will tell me all the details. She remembers should. Okay. But on to the karaoke thing. Me and Tiffany, we had our own talk show that we would host on this karaoke thing and we'd record it and listen to it ourselves and think we're hilarious. And do you know what it was called? Oh, gosh, yes, I do, but I can't remember. (laughs) Dr. Love. Yes! (laughs) And we wouldn't be, we would be different people all the time, but our guest usually consisted of 90210 characters. Yeah. And it'd be like, Brenda, why did you cheat on Brandon? Blah, 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 blah. Isn't Brandon her brother? Yeah, so don't do that. (laughs) I can't remember. No. Dylan. Yeah, Yeah, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. I mean, we were pre-Jerry Springer. Yeah. <laughs> but we'd also do commercials <laughs> to insert in. No. Yes, we would. Damn. <laughs> they were, like, really bad infomercials. So, like, my love of Just radio. the infomercials were bad, not the whole <laughs> Dr. Love whole thing. I'd be like, Dr. Love. No, my God. <laughs> If only someone had those tapes. Girl, someone probably does because they got sold probably at a at yard, a yard sale. sale. <laughs> someone's like, oh, yeah. And they're going to be they're gonna be like, damn. That voice sounds familiar. <laughs> and they're going to be like, damn, why, Dylan? Why? They had some good advice. <laughs> <laughs> they sound kind of young, but they're solid advice. I mean, seekers. look, they must be an old soul. <laughs> Oh, God. But, yes, yeah, so my love runs deep for this kind of shit. 
Oh my gosh, that's funny. I can't wait till Tiffany hears this episode and tells me, like, all the shit she remembers. Yeah. Okay, well, since I've talked for, you know, 15 minutes straight, <laughs> it's your turn. BTW, this is episode 14. 14. Yes. <laughs> got it that time. I got nothing to say. Yes, you do. The beach. Oh, I did just get back from the beach, <laughs> which I love. Oh my God. The beach is my happy place. So I was only there, well, I took off work Friday, and so I went down, like, hella early Friday and made it in, like, record time, too, because there was no traffic. Woot, woot. So I got there. I was there at, like, 930. It freaking was storming that morning. Um, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our sound effects. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was storming Friday morning, but it ended up, like, easing up, and I got a little sun, you know, Friday. Not much, though, because it was kind of cloudy, but Saturday was Perfect. Like, woot woot. <laughs> like, perfect beach weather, lots of sun, lots of sand. Sunday almost died. Sand in her crack. Sunday, legit. It looked like I shit my pants because of the, <laughs> because of the sand that was caught in the liner of my bathing suit oh from when I died almost. Y'all, look, that girl shit her pants. Um, no, like, legit, one of the people asked Kelly, is she okay? Oh, God. <laughs> like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a YouTube viral sensation <laughs> of this girl that can't fucking stand up because the waves are so bad. It was like, like, I have a sand burn on my legs. <laughs> like, a, like, carpet burn, but sand burn. <laughs> Those waves were throwing me off. And the beach is my thing. Like, I'm not one to, like, lose my shit in the ocean, but this one time, I had me a little boogie board going out cause, so I can lay on the boogie board. Because I was like, okay, i got to castaway style this. i got to get past <laughs> the big-ass waves to get to the calm waves because even though it was a yellow flag day, it should have been a red flag day. It was fucking, like, the waves were nuts. Mm-hmm. And so... I made it out, and then, but my sister Kelly was like dying in the back too, because she couldn't get past it. And so I was like, t- "Gonna take her, be the good sister, take her back the boogie board, so that she could get out with me." When I got back, she was like, "No, I don't need the boogie board." And I was like, "Okay, so I'll take it back." Well, this huge wave came and knocked me because we would have to like stand sideways like the Hulk so that it wouldn't knock us down. Yeah. And so this huge wave hit me and knocked me down. Well, then the next wave came and it made like the boogie board hit my head and like crushed my neck into my, my, like, like legit. And then like I, my feet were like stuck in the sand. And so I did a back bend, like legit under the water. I heard like, (laughs) like I heard my back popping. Your vertebrae. We're all cracking in half. Like legit, a piano key. Yes. Legit lost feeling in my legs for a second. Could not breathe. Like, no breath. Could not breathe. I, I was like, I, well, this is it. I'm dead. Like, this is it. I'm either going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, and I'm gonna, so they're going to have to call the EMTs to get me off this beach. How embarrassing. Or I'm dying. Like, all this is going in my head in slow motion while I'm doing a back bend underwater and can't stand up. You're just trying to be aerial. Getting more of a fucking sand burn on my leg, <laughs> sand in my ass crack, sand other places it shouldn't get. No. And so, like, exfoliation I, people. To the max full body exfoliate. So, like, legit, I could not breathe. All I could get out was, Kelly. <laughs> She's, okay. So, and, 
Friday and Saturday, I didn't wear my retainer to the beach because I was so scared I would lose it. Well, when I'm dying in the waves, my I lose my hat because I'm 100 <laughs> now, and I'm so worried about wrinkles <laughs> or hats with 100, 100 SPF on my face. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly said I looked like I was about to cry, and she came over. She's like, did you lose your retainer? <laughs> Because she said, I mean, I knew you wouldn't cry about the hat. She's like, so I figured you lost the retainer. I was like, no, I almost died. Couldn't breathe. I couldn't couldn't stand up because I couldn't feel my legs. The waves kept knocking me back over. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> you ain't got no legs. I was going to say, look at it. Dad ain't got no <laughs> Y'all. Oh, my God. It was so bad. But so fun, too. We Kelly and I laughed. And laughed and la- I said, I am going to end up on a freaking YouTube video of people being <laughs> like, look at this bitch not be able to stand up. <laughs> it's like as soon as you were like, okay, okay, I'm standing up, I'm standing up, you get knocked back down yeah. by a wave. They were so strong. But Kelly actually, this is sad. Kelly actually sent me a. Um, well, it's sad that you thought you could. No, I. Walk. Like, it's all fun and games now, but at that moment, it, it was yeah. scary. And again, the ocean's my thing. Like, I'm not one to be afraid of the water or... I like, am. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's this is this was, a like, a big deal to yeah. me. But Kelly sent me a picture last night, and she was like, I think I just witnessed somebody drown. Because oh, it was yeah. like... They, and they, they lived. But it was like, all these people around... She said she heard from the balcony this lady... Because the condo was, like, right on the beach. And she said she heard this lady, like, screaming, somebody help me. And then, like, all these people rushed in the water and pulled her out course the little emts came and she's okay but i was like tim that's right where i washed up on shore i mean that's a dangerous spot oh god spoiler alert carrie lived so did the other lady though luckily yeah it's good that she lived (laughs) most more so me but no i'm just kidding oh my god but we had fun i am very much a go to the beach swim in the ocean then go to the pool for a little bit, then go up to your condo and drink on the porch all night or on the balcony all night. Like, I'm that kind of... And our condo was, like, literally next door to this cute little, like, hole... Not not a hole-in-the-wall. It wasn't a hole-in-the-wall restaurant, but, like, kind of a hole-in-the-wall restaurant with a good bar. And so, like, you wanted a daiquiri at night? You just walked down to the bar, you know? It yeah. was... I mean, of course, like, we had... And, and you know, I don't, I'm not a big drinker, but... I was this past weekend. <laughs> Which is why you almost broke your back. Nope. No. I was co- and meanwhile, I was completely sober that day because I had to drive home. The day I was completely sober is the day I almost died. Well. I probably would have been more limber if I had been drunk. <laughs> Bottoms like, up, I think people. I've tried this move before. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I think that's all that's new with me. Awesome. Well, I did not go to the beach. <laughs> So that's all that's new with me. <laughs> is your coworker story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're ready like Carrie was at the beach to dive on into this. <laughs> and die. Uh. <laughs> and do a backbend. Let's do a backbend into my story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that once you pass the age of mm, 10, your back's not supposed to bend that way. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Picture it. How'd you know? No, I'm really not doing a picture right now. Maybe later. Okay. Keep you on your toes. Never know. On your Fred Flintstone toes. Twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> Sorry. BTW. I swear to God, you know how we talk about our phones listen to us on Twitter? 
I get all the boomerang commercial like sponsored ads for the what? Flintstones. And I'm like, mm, damn, you're listening because I don't Google the Flintstones. Right. I know about them, bitch. Damn. Anyway, but I was like, man, I know you're listening to me. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Mm-hmm. And keep those commercials coming. They're funny. <laughs> <laughs> You know. Okay. So, this week, I'm doing the highly requested Myrtle's Plantation. Yes! (laughs) I knew you were doing it this week. (laughs) You tried to pretend like you weren't. (laughs) I mean, I kept one thing from you, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't tell me this, but whenever I told you, I was like, I really think you should do the Myrtle's. You were like... I mean, who's asked for it? <laughs> okay, so the Myrtles Plantation is a historic home and former antebellum plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana, roughly 30 miles north of Baton Rouge. Bienvenue, uh, Louisiana. That means welcome to Louisiana. Oh, okay. That's as Frenchy as I get. Frenchy? <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> Awkward. It, it's a person. Oh. Go grease lightning. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Allegedly, it's built over an Indian burial ground. Aren't they all? Right. Like, a lot of haunted stuff, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Because didn't... No, I was trying to think of one of your other stories I thought that started that way. Well, it was over the the Black Hope Horror was yeah. over... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I think there was something else. Yeah. I mean... It's really till as fucking old as time. Or at least since 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yes. He is the cause for all of our fucking haunted places. Look, if he was not a tool bag. <laughs> Staking everything as his, putting his little flag up. Look, a pissing contest that he thought he could win. <laughs> this land is our land. This land is not your land. Right. Let's just take it. <laughs> and have Thanksgiving every year. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, well, okay, I was almost like, meanwhile, all the history majors are like, that's not how things went. But then you're all a history major. Um, <laughs> or you were. Yeah. You have a history degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's ancient history now, okay? <laughs> I've done nothing scholastic in a long time. Mm-mm-mm. That's about as fancy as I get with scholastic. I I mean, I was pretty impressed with that. (laughs) It rhymes with elastic, and that's how my pants are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Something I read here that I was just like, oh, dang. It said, it's been said by those who study the paranormal that ghosts don't so much haunt locations as they do people. But in the case of the Myrtles, the soil is oozing with the trapped spirits who have suffered there. And you can feel that sorrow the minute you step onto the property. I want to go there so bad. Well, it's not that far. I know. We need to do one tour there. Oh my gosh, I want to so bad. Do you, like, real bad? Real bad. (laughs) It was built in 1796 by General David Bradford. The plantation is supposedly home of at least 12 ghosts. Oh, God. It's often reported that there have been 10 murders in the house, but historical records only indicate the murder of one person, and that's William Winter. 
of the North Baton Rouge winters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so General David Bradford built it when Louisiana was still considered the Spanish colony. And he called it Laurel Grove. He built it because he was banished from the U.S. because he had involvement in the Pennsylvania Whiskey Rebellion. Mm-hmm. His nickname was Whiskey Dave. Oh. Mm-hmm. Take that, Captain Morgan. Oh, my God. I was about to make that joke. Duh. Damn it. I even wrote it down. No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't write it down. I could read it from here. <laughs> I do have large print. I don't have good eyes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, after he passed, his daughter, Sarah, and her husband, Judge Clark Woodruff, inherited the house. So, with this, with Judge Clark Woodruff, we have our first mystery. Ooh. One of the ghosts that everyone sees, her name is Chloe. What? I was just thinking, please don't tell me she was like a slave that he like had an affair with and killed. Ding, ding, ding. No! That's door number one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you don't have to go there. You know all this shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Fucking take the wind out of my sails every time. That Midler, you did not write Wind Beneath My Wings for her. She just deflates them every time. <laughs> You're like, well, skip that page. <laughs> well, mystery solved. Everybody can go home. Thanks, fucking Scooby-Doo. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> no. Okay. So, she was a house servant who, as legend has it, carried on an affair with Judge Clark Woodruff. When the owner's desires ultimately moved on to another servant, she was like, oh, fuck. I'm going to have to go out in the field. I'm going to have to do shit because she was inside. Yeah. You know, and so. In my head, I was like, yeah, with the air conditioner. Uh-uh. <laughs> they didn't have that then. <laughs> nope. <Mm-mm. laughs> no, they did not have central heat and air back no, then. No, But it was still better than being outside. Yeah. Have you been to Louisiana in the summer? <laughs> yeah. Mosquitoes I are as big as my fucking head. I swear to God, I was like, the mosquitoes alone <laughs> are enough to have an affair with the judge. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, so she hatched a plan. She baked a pie. Is she about to go the help on his ass? (laughs) Not quite as gross. Okay. But worse. She baked a pie and laced it with poison (gasps) from oleander leaves. She got that voodoo shit. (laughs) Then she served the dish to his daughter's... And his wife. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was supposed to be... I mean, that is poison, and it can kill you, but she thought she had the right amount that it would make them sick. And so she could be the one that knew how to cure them because she knew what their ailments were. And so he'd be like, oh, my gosh, Chloe, you're amazing. You have to stay here and help. Yeah. Whatever. Well... Shit went sideways, and they died. Oh, my God. This is not what I guessed. (laughs) Well, I mean, you had the premise, but you didn't have all the details. All the fluff. You were the preview. Mm. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Then when her fellow slaves caught wind of her botched plan, they were fearing that they would be guilty by association. So they woke her up from her sleep by, you know... A mob kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, took matters into their own hands. <gasps> and they dragged her from her bed, hanged her... Oh, my God. ...on the plantation... <gasps> And then threw her lifeless body into the Mississippi River. Oh, my God. Yep. That's one version of it. The other version is that they say it was an act of revenge and that she did mean to kill them. Like, yeah, um, to get back because he had the affair with her and she saw him kind of eyeing other people. And so she wanted to know, like... What's he saying? What's he doing? And so she was eavesdropping. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on them, and he called. He called her and cut off her ear. <gasps> and so she started wearing a green turban to hide what he did to her. And so to get back at him for doing this, she poisoned, poisoned. his family. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Either way. She did. She did because they did do that. Like the they the came other slaves and, did, yeah. yeah, and got her. Because either way, they she would kill the family mm-hmm. intentionally or not. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, so after that, Ruffin Gray Sterling purchased the plantation in 1834, and he expanded it to twice its size and renamed it the Myrtles after the crepe myrtles that grew there. He and his wife, Mary Cobb, had nine children, five of whom died young. (gasps) And uh, the Civil War saw lots of shit. You know, like, they got robbed from furnishings and accessories. Their fortune was wrecked. Most of it tied up in Confederate currency. And so after Sterling died, his son-in-law, William Winter, you remember him? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. He came and oversaw the Myrtles. Because Mary Cobb, like, wanted him around to help. Then, on January 26, 1871, an unknown man approached the house and shot Winter dead on the front porch. And that's the only confirmed murder at the plantation. Legend says that Winter staggered through the house as he died. Going, oh, oh, oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. But he staggered through the house as he died, and he climbed the stairs, and he got to the 17th step, and he collapsed. Today, footsteps can be heard on those stairs when no one's there. Does it stop on the 17th step? No. Ah. (laughs) But I will say that Ghost Adventures did a little thing there. You know, Mm -hmm. Zach, he's always there. With his bedazzled jeans. Mm Mm-hmm. Up in here. And respirator. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Okay, but he, they did something. I didn't watch this one, but they put a ball up on the 17th step, mm-hmm. and when they ask if anyone was there, like, make your presence known, the ball, like, started coming down Whoa. off of it. And, like, they tried to, like, see, like, okay, I'm going to blow. I'm going to walk by real fast, like, just to try to see mm-hmm. if something else could have made that ball move. Yeah. No. And they couldn't replicate it. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
crazy. Okay, so finally, in the 1970s, it was purchased by the Myers family. That's a big old jump. Mm-hmm. Who decided to open it as a bed and breakfast. It said pretty much almost from the first day, shit happened. Oh, my gosh. Frances Myers, the lady of the house, as mm-hmm. Carrie likes to say it, <laughs> claimed that she encountered a ghost in a green turban <gasps> in 1987. I don't know it. I don't know why that was like a seven-year jump, but... Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> she said she was asleep in one of the downstairs bedrooms when she was awakened suddenly by a black woman wearing a green turban and in a long dress. She was standing silently beside the bed, holding a candlestick in her hand, and she said she looked so real that even the candle gave off a glow. Oh, my gosh. And so she said that she really didn't know anything about ghosts, and so she... Pulled the covers over her head and screamed. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I can just see her, like, inching it down. And, like, oh, shit, she's still there. (gasps) And so she was, like, she reached out slowly and touched the lady. But her hand went through her and she disappeared. (gasps) Yes. Oh, my God. Y'all couldn't see that, but I was, like, reenacting it. I mean, everything. <laughs> she can quit her day job and just get it as a reenactor for ID. Please. Jokenda, hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know you love Murder Chose Me better. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, other reports include broken clocks that tick, tick, tick. Like, you know, they start making that sound mm-hmm. and stuff, but they broken. I wonder what time they're broken on. I was just thinking that. Ooh. 3.33, I bet. Oh, that's our number. There's actually, okay, I'm house sitting for my sister Kelly again, and I'll have to take a picture of it. The clock that's above her closet mm-hmm. is stopped on 3.33. Oh, my God, that is our number, y'all. Mm-hmm. Maybe a smidgen off. It kind of looks a little more like 3.35, <laughs> but we're calling it 3.33. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to go up and change it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to make this work. Beds that shake and levitate. Footsteps that range from pitter-patter to aggressive pacing. Portraits whose expressions change. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Do they follow, did the eyes follow you? Oh, because my gosh. I, I hate that. Oh. Then, like, I can't. <laughs> I hate that. Like, like, you experienced that where you're like, oh, my God. It just kept staring at me. Oh, my God. Have you not had, like, one of those Jesus tapestries? My friend in elementary school she, her mama had those, like, Last Supper, Jesus, yeah. everything all over their house. And we'd sleep in the room. Mm-hmm. And Jesus would follow me everywhere with his eyes. <laughs> He's always watching. <laughs> oh, my God. You sounded like the girl from Monsters, Inc. That was the point. Oh. Because <laughs> that was what she always said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. Mike Wazowski. I'm always watching. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> Well, not for you. That was dead on what you wanted. So, good job, Carrie. Bad job, Donna. (laughs) Also, a chandelier that sways and jingles even when all the door, well, doors and windows are closed. Hmm. Is this before or after they put central heat (laughs) air in there? They don't have it still. Nuh-uh. I'm just kidding. Then I ain't going. (laughs) Oh, shit, no. Guests report hearing strange noises. Like, duh. Yeah. They do see ghostly apparitions, 
often of a young girl wearing a turban, which... I wonder if the story of the turban came before or after people actually started seeing her. Like, how do they know that, you know? Yeah. If it was that long ago, and obviously it could have gone either way about which story was actually true about her. Yeah. I just wonder... I don't know. Who the freak knows? Either way, people Damn are sure it. don't want to ask her. Nope. <laughs> no, no. I hate to bring up bad juju, but uh, did you get your ear cut off and that's why you got to wear that turban? <laughs> Rumor has it, this is it. Check yes for no. <laughs> like, check yes or no. Yeah. Blink once for yes, <laughs> twice for no. Oh, my gosh. Okay. In 1992, the owners of the property actually claimed to have caught her on film. And so I'll post that in the show notes. Yes. A picture of her. And this wasn't the only time that someone's claimed to catch a ghost on film. And on film, like, a picture. Yeah. Wasn't like she was, like, walking, you know. (laughs) It's like slow-mo with, like, a strobe light behind her. (laughs) That's my sound effects. Damn, that was good. I mean, look, sound effects train, I'm on it tonight. Right. Monsters, Inc., sound effects, like, hire her, Fiverr. (laughs) (laughs) Others say that they've caught glimpses of the Woodruff's children appearing in the mirror near the room where they died. Oh, my God. And there's also been a little girl, I have a video, nope, don't have a video, I have a picture of it. Where you can see her in, I think, the gift shop. Like, in the window. Yeah. And they say that is one of his children, too. It's now owned by a man named John Moss. And the Myrtles is a popular destination in St. Francisville. Which is where? 30 minutes north. uh, Nope. 30 miles north of Baton Rouge. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sidebar. We found out Carrie can do the... Do it. Oh, what is it again? Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was so terrible. Do it again. Do it again. Okay. <laughs> I thought you could do Chewbacca. No, I can't. I've tried. I know, but you didn't think you could do this one. <laughs> Carrie, you can do it. Oh, my God. We need to cut all of that out. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, that was fucking priceless. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. Okay, tangent time over. Okay, so they offer daily tours of the main house as well as overnight rentals in both the home and and in, it said, the creepy yet beautiful cabins on the land. One employee was hired to greet guests at the front gate each day. So one day while he was at work, a woman in white, an old-fashioned dress, walked through the gate without speaking to him. She strolled right up to the house and vanished through the front door without even opening it. What? The gate man quit? No. He mm-hmm. said, I'm fucking out. He was like, bye. <laughs> Ghost bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. And, yeah, he never returned to the house. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so visitors who stay at the Myrtle's Plantation report all kinds of shit. Like, duh. One, just walking on there, I'd be like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. 
I feel something. Is that person real? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. We'd probably be like, oh, that guy's looking at me. And it'd be a fucking ghost. Or we'd be like, oh, my God, she's a ghost. And you're like, no, her dress is just vintage. <laughs> Like, oh my god, we see dead people. No, legit, legit. That I'd be like, oh my god, he's so cute, and you'd be like, and he's dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's been dead for ten years, right, or longer. Yeah, more like a hundred thousand. No, I, don't know. <laughs> I can't do math. <laughs> they say that there's a grand piano, and sometimes it plays a single lonely chord all on its own. <gasps> Mm-hmm. I bet it's getting some, like, flats up in that, you know? <laughs> a little very solemn. Aww. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I am the girl who, when I took piano as a kid, the first lady I took from, I talked her out of making me use my left hand. <laughs> what did you say? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my strong hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, I don't know. I just remember... I mean, I was like eight. Oh, my gosh. She was either really old and tired or I'm a sociopath and talked her out of something. (laughs) She was probably like, whatever, fuck. Just write me a check. (laughs) My soaps are on, okay? Keep it down. (laughs) Oh, my God. That just reminded me of Sister Act. uh, Alma, check your battery. Is that what you were going to say? Because I swear to God I was going to say that. And I was like, well... How could I make that joke? Like, I was like, maybe she, I could be like, well, she was dead. Like, she wasn't. But I don't know. That's so funny, though, because I legit was thinking that, too. <laughs> if y'all love this track, let us know, because love it. That? Yes. I was watching Queer Eye this past weekend because I binged the whole second season. Don't judge me. I was watching I was watching The Staircase, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, skirt! The second season of Queer Eye is out. Let me catch up. Mm-hmm. The Fab Five needs a sexy six. <laughs> let me put on my kimono and I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Anyway, but this has a meaning to it. So, Jonathan, who is my favorite, and I want him to do my hair so fucking bad. He... Like, whips it up. He makes everyone look so good. He makes them feel so good about themselves. I freaking love him. Mm -hmm. But this guy that they were making over, he wanted to move to Reno. And Jonathan was, like, doing his... Hair? No, his... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but no. His interview, you know, his, Mm -hmm. like, solitary interview. What is that called? I don't know. I was going to say confession, but that... It's not the real world? Yeah. But um, also, Big Brother comes back on soon. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Girl, you are, like, all over the fucking place. I am. I'm sorry. But, okay. So, Jonathan was like, I don't know anything about Reno, but the only good part of Reno was when the nuns had to come rescue yes. her. Sister Act 2. Or the first uh, one. Sister Act. Yes. Yeah. That was like, Jonathan, you get me. Yes. Mary Claire. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that. He was like... Mary Claire or Mary Clarence? Mary Clarence. Yeah. Um, But he was like, rescue Whoopi Goldberg yeah. from the wannabe thugs or something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, if I didn't think I could love him anymore and he just made that remark... Yes. Like, 
I freaking love you. I loved Queer Eye the first time, but the this now mm-hmm. they're my favorite. Yeah, I really liked it when it was out the first time, but I haven't watched the new ones on Netflix. They are so good. I cry, I laugh, I eat junk food. <laughs> so it's a normal night. Yes. <laughs> well, that's pretty much everything. Well, meanwhile, I have like a huge list of things to watch on Netflix. Oh my gosh, me too. Nine million podcasts to catch up on. I'm caught up on a lot of my podcasts. I am so not. And I'm reading, a.k.a. listening, to <laughs> a good book right now, too. And so I'm like, oh, God, I want to finish my book. Oh, God, I need to finish The Staircase. Oh, God, I haven't listened to Let's Not Meet in 10 years. <laughs> Ooh, girl, he had a new one out, and I've already devoured that. Getting back to the scary shit. Or spooky shit. It's not really scary. Yeah. Okay, so there's also reports of spirits touching people and giving them the sensation of being tucked into bed, and they also hear children's voices. I was wondering if they heard children's, like, voices or playing or something. Yeah. They say that the staffers are quick to show off photos taken on the grounds of said ghost, you know, which I would do. I'd be like, uh, show me all the pictures. Right. I'm like, please. It's usually Chloe or the two little Victorian girls, like I said, peering out of windows, lingering in the background, and guests say that they felt something tugging on their legs. Oh my gosh. In a room where a soldier had his foot amputated. <gasps> and then some say a little girl snuggles next to them in another room. Uh-uh. There's a doll that moves around one oh. room. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And guest luggage gets rearranged. Uh, more than one shadow... Nope. <laughs> more than one visitor had reported that ghost-like shadows have appeared in photographs weeks after the pictures were snapped. What? Like, um, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Does that mean they follow you home on your shoulder? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I got broad shoulders, so maybe. <laughs> I always used to say that, I think I've told this before, but like, yeah, I always used to say that about like when I worked in hospitals and stuff that it would be like, I would start seeing stuff like in the corner yeah. of my apartment and I would be like, what? Like, did it, somebody follow me home on my shoulder? Like, you know, somebody <laughs> had passed away that day yeah. or something like that. I'm like, did they follow me home? On your shoulder? On Is my that shoulder. What to say? <laughs> always on my shoulder. <laughs> I don't know why. On the that shoulder. John Denver song really got you thinking. Sunshine on my shoulder makes me happy. Yeah, that one. Oh, my gosh. Womp womp. (laughs) Whammy, no whammy, stop. Yeah. (laughs) The soldier, it's in the Fanny Williams room. He was a wounded Confederate soldier who sought refuge in the house but died from an infection in his foot. So his, uh, and, you know, I mean, he tried to get amputated and, you know. It didn't work and he probably didn't have any anesthesia. Right. Oof. God. God almighty. I am not cut out to have been have lived back then. <laughs> no, that's worse than the battlefield. I'm not cut out for that kind of life. Ooh, no, me neither. Give me air conditioning. Air conditioning. Give me anesthesia. <laughs> Give me antibiotics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need all the cures and all the, yes. in, uh, the conveniences. Amen. <laughs> His uniform pops up in... The closet occasionally. What? 
which I mean, you like if you're staying there with someone, be like, can you put that on? on. <laughs> you no, know I love my men in uniform. <laughs> Just wear the dog tags. <laughs> oh my god! You'd be like, oh, you wanted to get naughty. Um, that's not mine. <laughs> wear it anyway. <laughs> Why is the leg kind of cut off of this? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, easy access. <laughs> oh, <laughs> The better to feel you in my... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. We're going to hell. <laughs> on, on someone's shoulder? I mean... Apparently that's how ghosts ride. <laughs> oh God! Well, you you ride on the shoulder of the road, so hey, that. the rumble strips and I are good friends. <laughs> okay, the William Winters room. Ooh, oh, God, made it through. <laughs> oh, I survived. William Winters. I would have to say it slowly. The William Winters room. <laughs> the okay. <laughs> that's annoying. No. <laughs> And for once, it wasn't me. (laughs) Okay, so it's haunted by the spirit of a voodoo priestess brought in, who was brought in, sorry, to save a child named Kate from yellow fever. And the priestess hid her grigri in this room to help cure Kate. The same as her juju? The grigri? What's a grigri? What? You don't know what a grigri bag is and stuff? Where, like, all their, like... Like a medicine bag? Well, full of Grigory. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it's like what they have. It's their like their herbs and shit for yeah. sure. Yeah, interesting. Like they sell Grigory bags in New Orleans and stuff. How have I never seen this? I, I that's why I was like, are you joking? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, oh, it's God. like one of those things I know, but I can't explain to you. Yeah, you know. It's the Grigri. <laughs> yes. Okay. So she hid it in the room to cure Kate. When the child died anyway, because hello, yellow fever. Mm-hmm. And again, they didn't have all the cures. The voodoo queen was hung <gasps> from one of the oak trees. So in this room, the William Winters room, a rag doll that's on the mantel piece is supposed to fly or maybe jump to the chandelier. What? Mm-hmm. No. Look, anything with dolls and moving <laughs> and talking and wearing sailor suits, stay away from me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Someone in the Facebook group said that she would buy a doll of Robert the doll. And I was like, please don't send it here. Nope. Uh-uh. Please. Mm-mm. Nope. 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 I really never. Nope. nope. Never, nope. ever want. A, uh-uh. Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. Please don't. I don't want to throw anything away ever. And I couldn't throw him away because I feel like he would kill us. Yes. But I, he also couldn't live here because <laughs> I like my name and I don't want to go by my middle name. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. One person I was like just reading through some personal encounters and stuff. And one person said that they were at the place. It's kind of like. You kind of gather in different areas because, you know, you're socializing with people who stay there, Mm -hmm. telling stories. It's like a bed and breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, they were listening to this guy, Mike, tell ghost stories from his past in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. When someone from another group comes out and she's clearly frightened. And she said, something's happened and we're leaving the upstairs room and we're not going back. So they had like their linens and their luggage, linens and luggage. And they were like, we're staying downstairs. Like, we're not going back up there. So she said things have moved around while no one was inside. So they all went up, of course, to see what she's talking about, which, I mean, I would too. I mean, I'd be Duh. freaked the fuck out. But I'd, I'd be could. on high, high alert. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So some little boxes were displayed on shelves. You know, like, I feel like those jewelry boxes kind yeah. of thing. Well, they were displayed on shelves in different areas, and they were all moved around. Like, some were yeah. on the bed, you know, like, it oh, was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. whoa, not where yeah. they were. So, and, like, one was on a nearby chair, you know, so it was just in random right. places. So, it was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nah, I wouldn't want to sleep there either. Right. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. One, I don't want, like, it to be moved into the bed while I'm sleeping. Me roll over, have to, you know, you break it, you bought it. Or, I mean, get the gangrene or whatever that guy had in his foot. <laughs> right. I mean. Or it'd be like a Dybbuk box and me unleash this demon. Right. Mm-mm. I mean, no thanks. I'll just sleep downstairs. Or I'll just go home. It's not that far away. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe is a huge Everyone knows about Chloe mm-hmm. with the Myrtles. Another thing is the haunted mirror in the place. So it's said that when a person dies, all of the mirrors in the room must be covered to prevent the spirits from entering the glass. And when Chloe poisoned the cake for the mm-hmm. kids, it said death came on swift wings. Like, I mean, I get it, but... Yeah, that's dramatic. Yeah, like, let's notch it down, Linda. Like, it came fast. (laughs) Like Carrie's boyfriends. Damn, (laughs) I'm not good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Sorry. So, (laughs) let me get my place now. So, they kind of overlooked this mirror and... There's there we are. Okay. But it's now among one of the most haunted objects in the world. What? Mm-hmm. And there's reports of children children's handprints <gasps> on the glass. And the reflection of a woman is often seen in the mirror. What? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it'll get all smudgy with dark, like shit yeah. on it. They clean it and it happens again. Oh, my God. It comes back. We're going. Yeah, right? So, it said... Oh, and they had this, and I was like, hmm, never knew this. That superstition also dictates that a new baby should never be shown its reflection. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. For how long? I have no idea. Didn't go into detail. Thanks, Linda. (laughs) (laughs) Now you go into less detail, Linda. Right? But I have no idea. But it said, so the next time you consider buying a secondhand mirror, you may want to think again. <gasps> I never thought of it. Then I went to Reddit. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot of it had, like, kind of the same stuff, so I didn't go whatever. But this person, Scribbling Des, three years ago, posted, When I was in eighth grade, I went on a school trip that was called the Louisiana Tour. It was mostly going around to significant sites in the South Louisiana. One of the places we went was Myrtle's Plantation, which was considered to be, nope, which is considered to be one of the most haunted places in the country. Yeah, we know. Get to the point. <laughs> Dribbling Lizard or whatever his name was. <laughs> Dribbling, no. Scribbling Des. Same thing. Dribbling Lizard. I don't know. There are all kinds of story about the place, but at one point we were standing in a room as a part of a larger group, and the tour guide was talking about something. I don't remember what. Did Carrie write this? <laughs> <laughs> no, the dribbling lizard did. <laughs> as I'm standing there, I start to hear what sounds like someone hitting a piano key. After I heard it a couple of times, I started to look around for the source of the noise. I didn't see a piano, but I kept hearing it. So I asked my friends who were standing near me if they heard it. They said no. When I heard it again, I was like, okay, they must have heard it. They thought I was crazy. So I went back to looking around the room. Everyone's eyes were on the tour guide except one woman. She caught my eye and pointed at me and then at her ear with a questioning look. I realized she was asking if I heard it too and I nodded. At this point, the tour guide starts telling a story about a soldier who had died there and that he played the piano and multiple guests had reported hearing him playing at night. Oh my gosh. How creepy. See, you know where I thought that story was going? What? That the lady was the ghost. Yeah, That right? asked if he yeah. heard that. Might have but been. Could have. She didn't answer. Or Des, whoever it is, didn't go into detail. You know what? Okay. This is how that story ended. Okay. <laughs> Tell us, dribbling <laughs> lizard. I told you Carrie wrote this. <laughs> when she was like tapped her ear mm-hmm. and he looked one more time when he turned around she was gone <gasps> yeah oh y'all are welcome vanished like a fart in the wind <laughs> <laughs> then i came across an article written by kelly mcclure and it was on destination mm-hmm. destination america she stayed in the caretaker's quarters which is one of the cabins on the property mm-hmm uh, November fifteenth, two thousand sixteen. She went. Uh, she went about talking about like the different things we've talked about that they told her. Mm-hmm. You know, but she said at two thirty a.m. she woke up having to go to the restroom, which was the worst possible thing that could happen when you're terrified. Right. <laughs> she said it took her so long, but she finally made it without incident. With the light of her phone, you yeah, know, got there. She laid back in bed. And she said she tried to not look at anything for about 45 minutes and finally fell back asleep. And I would be doing the yes, same thing. Absolutely. Like, don't, don't look around. Don't do anything. Like, But then on the other hand, you want to see something, but you don't really yes. want to see something. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, look, don't look. Look, don't look. Don't look. Don't look. But I want to. No, don't look. If I was in that doll room, I would not. No, I wouldn't stay in that doll <laughs> no. room. Fuck a doll. <laughs> Look, it, I that's I can't no. Mm-mm. If I ever had kids, you're not having a doll. No, especially not American Girl dolls. Those are too fucking, fucking expensive. expensive, right? Like, uh, no. 
She said she was surprised when she woke up again and the sun was shining through the window because it was morning. So nothing had happened. And she was like, was I actually disappointed that nothing happened? Yeah. Well, once she got home, she had time to process the stay. And then she was like, oh, shit, maybe something did kind of happen. She said while she slept in the cabin, she had a dream unlike any other dream she'd had before. And she hadn't told anyone until, like, writing this right now. Because it kind of, like, writing this article. Yeah, it was almost like a recovered memory. Yeah. She said, In my dream, which was vague apart from this one flashing detail, I was laying on my back on the floor of some strange place, holding my arms up to two child-sized ghosts floating above me. A girl and a boy. They were outlined in orange broken lines, like the lasso function in Photoshop. So do you know what Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And she said they were holding their arms outstretched to me, but they're like over her, like Mm -hmm. hovering. Yeah. And she said they never connected, but I can't help but wonder if those were the ghosts of the children who lived in the caretaker's quarters attempting to make contact any way they could. Maybe I was too guarded to experience them in waking hours so they came to me in my dreams. A few days after my visit to the Myrtles Plantation, and I still feel a bit peculiar, uh, it could have just been my imagination messing with me or residual creepiness from the dream I had while sleeping there, but I definitely saged the crap out of my house right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But I mean, that's a good thought, though, like, because spirits are supposed to be, like, cognizant, I guess. Like, they would know, like, who can't, can't get through you here. Yeah. I'm going to do it well, which is dream. Which is why that previous story, when I was like, I really, like, the girl that, like, she caught yeah. her eye that tapped her ear, like, kind of like, you hear it? See? Yeah. We're real. You know what I mean? That's yeah. where I thought you were going to go, because I was like, ooh. Since he was the only one that could hear it, then he would be the only one that could see her. Yeah, kind of like the Polar Express and if you listen yes. to the bell. Yes. Mm-hmm. I always cry at that movie. I know, it's sad. And book movie. That was my favorite time of Christmas during school when they'd have that book out. Mm-hmm. Love that book. Okay, now just some little factoids. The Long Hot Summer... A 1985 TV movie starring Don Johnson, Sybil Shepard, and Jason Roberts. I don't know who he is. I know the other two. Yeah. (laughs) Two out of three ain't bad, right? Mm -hmm. They filmed it at the Myrtles, and the film crew reported that when they moved furniture for a scene, someone would move it back to its original place, and no one was in there. What? It said they had to move the furniture several times in order to get the shots they needed and were glad to be finished. In 2002, Unsolved Mysteries filmed a segment about the alleged hauntings at the plantation. What? According to host Robert Stack. (sighs) Love him. The production crew experienced technical difficulties during the production of the segment. The Myrtles was also featured in 2005 episode of Ghost Hunters. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the OG ones. Yeah. And in Ghost Adventures, didn't get the year on that. Zach, hit me up and tell me what year. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Oh, and 
Also, it's just so weird that Unsolved Mysteries came up today because yes. I posted that number that you can call. Uh-huh. And something weird happens at the end. Uh-huh. And I, I listened. Just, and I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, it was yeah. just weird that so I did you know? That. Yeah, so you found that part of your story after you posted yes. the... Yes. <gasps> yes. Robert Stack was talking to you. Like, I had everything else, and I was just, like, trying to look up some yeah, extra facts, shit. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, what? Oh, oh my what? God. Yeah. I mean, so there's an unsolved mystery for you. <laughs> Making that full circle. <laughs> okay, so to end on a terrible note, <laughs> they do say that there's some problems with the ghost stories. No. Mm-hmm. They say to begin with, Chloe might not have existed. And because the Woodruffs never recorded owning a slave by that name. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again. Well, that shit. Yes. Again, records, especially back in the day, I feel like aren't well, always complete. Well, and uh, again, it's, I mean, as terrible as this is, it was a slave that they may have done some, like, underhanded trading or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, like, you never know. Yeah. I mean. And if he did have that affair with her and stuff like he wanted to make sure she didn't exist yeah, and, and i mean he was yeah. a judge <laughs> so true Ooh, conspiracy that. theory mm-hmm. illuminati and they said that his wife and children did die but they were not poisoned they had yellow fever but again brought on by cake no <laughs> <laughs> You know, they licked the spoon while she was making it. They didn't have pasteurized eggs yet. They got sick. Right. (laughs) And then they were like, oh, to cover up everything, yellow fever. Mm -hmm. Just like Waverly Sanatorium when everything was tuberculosis Mm -hmm. and it's like kind of covered up for everything. Yeah. I don't believe the non-believers. Well, and I'm just like, okay, even if you want to say that's not true, mm-hmm. you know shit happened back yeah. then. Absolutely. And with the war and shit, like, there's ghosts there. Absolutely. But I honestly do believe this. And again, like, it's just because he was a judge. Mm-hmm. And he was the one doing dirty, dirty. Yep. So. You can't tell me he wasn't covering shit up. Right. Back when it was real fucking easy to cover shit up. Exactly. Like it was pen oops. and paper. Okay. Let me burn that. Yeah. 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 Now, what and and two, whether the story is real or not about what specifically happened to her, people are still feeling spirits. There are still things happening, even though the spirits may not be exactly Clody Clody? No. <laughs> Chloe who had an affair with the judge who chopped her ear off or didn't. Or, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, even though those details may not be specific to what truly happened, because who the fuck knows? Right. There's still spirits there. Yeah. And there were probably countless Chloe's. Oh, yeah. You Very know. good point. Mm-hmm. And Thank you. he, again, could have been, like, being the judge and all of that. He, Chloe could have been named... Magda, and he was like, I don't like that fucking name. I'm calling you Chloe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if she was a slave. She was his property. In his and he could call her whatever the fuck he wanted to. Yes. You know? Which was totally wrong, and we say that's fucked up. Yes. But, 
So there you have it. That is the Myrtles Plantation. We're going. When can we go? Jessica, I know you're listening. You live in Baton Rouge. We're coming and staying the night. <laughs> and you're coming with us even though you get, you're a scaredy cat. <laughs> I know. We do need to do that. But we need to get, like, equipment. Oh, my God. I know. Because we need to record somehow. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't even do this recording sitting without knocking the microphone. <laughs> so, we need something that's carry-proof yeah. to take with us. So, It'll be a little bit because we got to, you know, figure out life. Yeah. But it is definitely coming. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. I want to go so bad. I know. And, you know, like I could name a handful of people right now that would go with us to the Myrtles. Yeah. Because we've been talking about that. My sisters and I have been talking about that for a long time to go and spend the night. Because, like, we've been like, will you spend the night? Probably not. Will you? If you do, I will, you know. Yeah. Because it's so scary. I know. Ugh. I don't know about spending the night. I know. Well, because I feel like I would be like the girl you you were talking about where it's like, I'm like, don't look, don't look, don't look. But then if I didn't see something, I would be so disappointed. You yeah. Know? It would be like, God, I didn't see anything. But then again, on the other hand, I am fucking terrified to actually yes. see something. Yes. Well, and then I'm just scared because I f- do feel like we are opening ourselves up to something. Uh-huh. And so I don't want us to be more open to something or bring, you know, an evil something spirit back there on, on our, our shoulder. shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I mean? Something, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm just kind of scared to stay. But, I mean, I'll tour all day. I'll do, like, a ghost tour but to think I'm going to sleep there? You ain't sleeping. Right. So I would do a ghost tour where, like, we're up uh, all for night. For 24 hours? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to go. Let us know if you've been to the Myrtles. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Or if you want to go. Or email us if you've stayed in a haunted house, haunted hotel, whatever. We want to hear your stories. Let us know. Yes. Unless you didn't make it out alive, because we're not doing a Ouija to get your story. Nope, you are Mm-mm. on your own. We're not channeling you. No, goodbye. We've opened enough portals with this podcast. <laughs> we are going to keep that one closed. The Ouija portal stays portaled. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a word. She's not opening the portal. She's just opening her legs. Y'all, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Are you ready? Guess who I'm doing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The Toy Box Killer? No. Didn't you say that last time? I really want you to do him. <laughs> okay. 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 My, okay. Mine is actually not a murder. It's an attempted murder. Ooh. Lorena Bobbitt? <laughs> no. It is a love triangle between... Joey Buttafuoco, Amy Fisher, <gasps> and Mary Jo Buttafuoco. What what the Buttafuoco are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, get out of here. <laughs> so get your curly-haired mullet ready with your gold chain and MC <laughs> Hammer pants. We're talking about Joey Buttafuoco. Yes. And Amy Fisher. And Mary Jo. <laughs> <laughs> Two's company, three's a crowd. Preach. Do you remember this story? Yes. Like, 
There's a Lifetime movie about it. There's like eight movies about it. (laughs) I like truly remember this happening. This was in 1992. So we were seven. Sure. (laughs) John is like (laughs) math. Yeah. So we were seven, but I 100% remember this. Wow. I remember when I was going through the pictures, looking back at like, you know, the pictures from the time. Yeah. I remember even at seven being like, why in the fuck is his hair like that? <laughs> it really, it was a mullet, and it was curly, curly, curly. <laughs> and he was in what looked like, like, you know, it was like chef, chef, <laughs> chef pants meet MC Hammer pants. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Like, he would wear those. Uh, anyway, okay. Amy Elizabeth Fisher, she was born in Merrick, New York, on August 21st, 1974. Her... Mother was Italian-American, and her father was Jewish-American. It's so funny. One of the sources I was looking at this was, like, her dad was Jewish, and her mom was some other things. (laughs) Golly. Okay. (laughs) Wow. All right. So Amy Fisher was the only child to Elliot Fisher and, well, Roseanne Fisher. And her dad was 57. Her mom was 39. So I thought that was interesting that they had a big age gap. Not yeah. big, but, you know, they had a significant age gap, almost 20 years. And then she kind of did the same thing. Yeah. And, then, like, we'll talk about later, like, in the where are they now kind of thing. She continued with the older men. Mm. I know. So they were hardworking. They owned an upholstery store. They worked six days a week. She was their only child. And so they doted on her. She had everything that she ever wanted kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, one of the articles I was reading was talking about all the different ways in which they kind of doted on her with, like, financially with things, you know? Yeah. And it was like, she had her own phone, which... Dang! Yes. So, like, and I'm picturing, like, in her room on mm-hmm. phone. Like, you remember how people used to have their own phone line? Yeah, That rang just to their room, and that was like, you rich, yes. huh? Yes. <laughs> you fans. I'm like, we didn't even have caller ID, you right. know? Another thing said, she had an endless supply of stuffed animals, which also speaks to her age. Yeah. But, and that she had matching furniture in her room. I was like, damn, that's fancy. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no rooms to go. Right. Shit wasn't cheap back in 1992 (laughs) when all this shit went down. I have hand-me-downs from hand-me-downs. From garage sales. Yes. (laughs) Preach. Okay. Hashtag fixer upper. (laughs) Hashtag still broke. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag never actually fixed it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So when she, which I don't actually know what a junior driver's license is, but when she passed that, as opposed to a senior, I don't know. Maybe it's like a permit. I think it's a permit. Okay. They got her a Dodge Daytona and it was only a year old. So they got this like 15, or, you know, 15, 16 year old girl, like this brand new car. Well, guess what she had did? Oh, gosh. Totaled it. Who is she? Cher from Clueless? <laughs> she totally paused. Well, I was about to say, what? I totally paused. Oops. Should I write a note? <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So her parents just were like, all right, we'll get you another car. And they got her a Chrysler, and it was like a it was a um, convertible. It was like a $13,000 car, which, again, this was 1992. Yeah. Ish. And so, okay. The story all kind of begins back in December of 1990, though. That is when Amy Fisher first met Joey Buttafuoco, which is the 
I have the most fun saying that Right? Name. I feel fancy. <laughs> so he owned, like, an auto repair shop in town. Okay. And her dad, Elliot Fisher, he had this Cadillac that he, well, I almost said that he loved, which I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know why I was going to add that flair. Allegedly. Allegedly, he loved his car. <laughs> He he watched it every Saturday, <laughs> kept it under a tarp. <laughs> Man, he really gl- did her research this he time. He wore gloves when he drove it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. So he needed a little bit of work on it. And so he was took his car into the shop that was that Joey Botafuco owned and he took his daughter Amy with him. And so Amy was his six, two pros, most prized possessions: his car and his child. Thank you for clarifying. Just wanted to make sure everybody <laughs> understood. Okay, so Joy. Okay, y'all are going to be like, "What the fuck, Carrie?" Whenever oh, I God. say this, Marley was even like, "What the fuck?" I kind of think he was attractive back then. You just made fun of him. Just his hair. And his clothes. Which you can change. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's a shitty person, but you can't really change that. But I think, like, I legit can, again, remember being a kid and being like, he's kind of cute. Oh, my God. Let me see a picture. I can't remember. Okay. So he actually used to be a weightlifter. And an arm wrestling champion. Ooh, that's why you liked it. You were um, like, he kind of looks like Popeye. <laughs> Just the one arm, though. <laughs> Here's my strong hand. <laughs> so, after they first met, Amy then brought her car back in later so that she could get him to pinstripe the car. Oh. That was Well, that was her first car. But then she started having, like, all these little accidents, and she would take the cars mm-hmm. in to be repaired so her, mm-hmm, so her parents didn't know. She wanted him to check her oil. <laughs> With his <laughs> dipstick. <laughs> so Amy and Joey told conflicting stories about the amount of times that she brought her car in. Amy had told her friends that there were only two accidents that she got him to fix her car. Mm-hmm. But Joey said that it was from, there were dozens of them. That basically Amy had arranged them all because she was obsessed with him. And so it was her way of like coming in to see him. But either way, whether it was one accident or 700. Yeah. They started hooking up. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's married with two kids. He has a son and a daughter. Wow. She would, they would meet at hotels together. They would go to her house. They would go to his shop. He had a speedboat that they would go hook up on. Ooh. Um, the, okay. Thrill the, Seekers. The, the speedboat's name. Oh, God. Double Trouble. Oh, Lord. I, I just don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> so. That's what he called his balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, Amy had a pager or a beeper. That she, Damn, she was spoiled. She, I mean, between the beeper, the phone in her room, and the matching furniture. I right. mean, come on. Living the dream. Uh, right. She's a rich bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so what he would do was, 
like while she was at school or whatever, he would call her pager and leave the code 007 <laughs> so that she like so she would know to call him back. Oh my gosh. Which and he admitted to that before he admitted to any sexual involvement. Yeah, because he thought that was suave. Oh my God. Like 007. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, he's oh clearly a narcissist. It's because he had the guns. And the curly hair. <laughs> oh, my God, though. His name is JB, like James Bond. Well, isn't that just clever? That might have been why. Either way, it's stupid. <laughs> okay. So, police found his name on at least five check-in cards at motels in the area. And... He bragged to... Why didn't he put James Bond for the check-in? Well, that's why he's called and you not. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it on the down low. (laughs) Okay, anyway. But he bragged to someone that he worked with saying that he gave Amy her first orgasm. Oh, Lord. You're talking about a 16-year-old fucker. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Like, she just got out of diapers. Mm-hmm. So they had an 18-month-long affair where she was very, very jealous of his wife because he was like, you know, I'm not going to leave her kind of thing. But we'll kind of get into that later, too. Okay. Because some stuff says that Joey Buttafuoco was in on the whole thing and said that his wife should have a, quote, accident. Should she fall down the stairs? Mm-mm. She should just answer the door. This oh. one. Dun, dun, dun. No. And then um, the owl. <laughs> yeah, the owl will, the owl <laughs> or whatever you just said. I can't even do it. Yeah, totally. That's what I meant to yep. do. Mm-hmm. We'll just form a new contraction, guys. <laughs> owl, you'll, owl, owl. <laughs> He'll murder you. The owl will will? Uh-huh. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. The other kind of um, thing that Amy Fisher said was that that Joey helped plan it all and, like, would tell her his wife's habits and stuff so that she would know, like, when she's home, where she goes, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So Amy Fisher had a friend named Peter. Did he pick a pair of pickled peaches? What's that? Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> I like sweets. God. Pickled peaches, huh? <laughs> it's a thing. Okay. And honey. Guagenti, I think is his last name. I don't know. You know I'm butchering that. But he helped Amy Fisher get a 25 caliber pistol. Oh, he's an upstanding citizen. I mean, when I need a 25 caliber pistol, you better help me get it. <laughs> you be the Peter to my Amy. Okay. <laughs> but then he also stole a set of license plates from a neighbor car. Like a neighbor car. A neighbor's car. I um, don't need those. Yeah. And so then on May 19th of 1992, he switched out with Amy. They switched out the license plates on his Pontiac Firebird. And they drove, he drove her to Joey Buttafuoco's home in Massapequa, New York. So what Amy did was she went up, rang the doorbell. Would you like some Girl Scout cookies? To which Mary Jo said, Thin mints? (laughs) Tag alongs? The Caramel Delight, please. (laughs) They were still Samoas back in 1992. (laughs) True. (laughs) I'll have two boxes. 
When Amy got to the door, she rang the doorbell, and Mary Jo Botafuco came to answer the door. When Mary Jo got there, Amy told her that she was Anne Marie, that that was her name, and that she was Amy Fisher's sister, which, you remember, she's an only child. Yeah. It's her fake sister. She's imaginary, allegedly. No. And she said... It was her parasitic twin. (laughs) (laughs) Donna is on a parasitic twin kick, like something fucking fierce. I don't even know. I don't even know where this came from. I have no idea. But she's obsessed. I am. So she said that she's Anne-Marie and that she is having an affair with Joey Buttafuoco. And she has a t-shirt with her that has the advertising of Joey's um, auto body shop. Yeah. Like as her proof. Like, look, I have his (laughs) t-shirt. Because meanwhile, you can't buy that in his gift shop. Right. He didn't work on my car. He worked on my body. (laughs) (laughs) thank you carrie that was good that was good that was good so the conversation lasted about 15 minutes them just standing there in the door talking and finally mary joe got enough of it and she was like this you're stupid this is stupid you're 12 go go home yes go home go play go ride Mm -hmm. your bike kid so go back to your playpen baby what movie (laughs) Dirty dancing. So when Mary Jo turned around to go back inside is when Amy Fisher pulled the twenty five caliber pistol out and shot her in the temple. Damn. Mm Mm-hmm. So Mary Jo fell to the ground. She's, like, bleeding. She's wounded. Gonna have a badass headache. (laughs) Shit. You know, it's always at your temples. Oh, Lord. Amy Fisher dropped the shirt and the gun. And ran to the car where Peter was waiting. But Peter was like, um, you got to take the evidence, dumb fuck. And so she ran back, got the stuff, and then they both fled the scene. So the neighbors were like, um, what the fuck? So they called 911 and everybody came in and, you know, to help her or whatever. She was, she went through surgery. They were doing surgery like all night on her. Golly. Um, they could not remove the bullet <gasps> from her head though. What? Because it was like it wouldn't have, they said, because she lived, they saved her life, mm-hmm. but they couldn't take the bullet out. So she still has the bullet in her head to this day. Oh. Mm-hmm. So when the police interviewed Joey Buttafuoco, he said that he thought that Amy Fisher could be, could have been the shooter. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It just came to me that she has a head full of lead. Y'all can't see me, but I'm doing the slow eye blink at her. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Cricket. Cricket. (laughs) (laughs) Bueller. (laughs) I'm sorry. So the next day is when Mary Jo gained consciousness and basically remembered everything. Yeah. And so she did, but she didn't know who Amy Fisher was. Right. And so the police detective, Martin Alger, held up a photo of Amy and, of course, Mary Jo was like, um, well, that was her. She yeah. fucking shot me. And so Amy was arrested and charged with attempted murder on September 23rd, 1992. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we're going to back up a little bit. Okay. To the dumb shit that happened before. Oh, gosh. So, right before she went up to the door to to commit the crime, she actually... I think I'm going to say got in an argument. I'm picturing this car ride because Peter, she thought Peter was going to be the one to go up to the door and shoot him, shoot her. But when they got there, Peter was like, 
I'm not fucking doing this. Yeah. I got you the gun. I got you the license plate. You go your ass up there and do it yourself. Yeah. And so that's why she was so, like, uh, 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 like losing, you know, dropping the evidence and all that. Because yeah. she, well, one, she's 16. And two, she thought Peter was going to do it. She lost at the rock, paper, scissors. Mm-hmm. She drew the short straw. Yeah. <laughs> so after she was arrested and all this stuff started coming out about the affair, she said that while they were having the affair, that she was like, I am so freaking broke. And he was like, well, if you want money, you know what you could do? Become a prostitute. What? That's what they were called back then. Sex worker. Yeah. Yeah. So he wants to be her pimp daddy? Basically. It's hard out there for a pimp. I mean, not for her because supposedly that. So that's why she had the beeper because oh. she would be able to wear a beeper to school because she's fucking sixteen. Yeah, and she would like get pages from clients, and so that she was just like in this booming ex sex worker business. Yeah, and that she would earn like six hundred dollars a week. Holy shit! <laughs> yes, and that like. She Okay, so she would get the pages. She would go meet the clients in the evening and then just be like, go home. You know, wow. her parents are at home and she's like, hey, mom and dad. Meanwhile, she just. Did she not take, did she take a shower before she got home? Because, you know, I smell sex and candy. No, I don't know. It didn't say. She had that cucumber melon spray. Allegedly. <laughs> So he, again, was the business owner. And so he was very much seen as like a pillar in the community. But the other thing that she dished about after the arrest was that she said that he had like an auto theft scam Mm. running through his body shop, too. Yeah. He liked hot bodies, hot cars. Making money, Mm -hmm. making deals, selling humans. For sex, I don't know. He's a shitty person all around. But, ooh, you think he's so attractive. Look, I regret saying that now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Carrie showed me a picture of him, and I said he looks like Sonny from... Grease. Yeah, (laughs) Grease. He had the same hair and stuff. He did. It's the hair. It's the 1992 (laughs) curly, dark hair, curly mullet... Yeah. God, oh, oh, God, his hair was so awful. Again, I remember in 1992 being like, oh, God, his hair is terrible. But I can work with that. I mean, I'll just cut it in his sleep. <laughs> God, Delilah. <laughs> so it seems that there's some truth to her working as a sex worker. Mm. Because, so she was working for ABBA Escort Service, which, oddly enough, was just like a couple of blocks from... Joey's auto shop. Mm. So one of her clients was Peter DeRosa. He was 29 years old. And he secretly videotaped one of their rendezvous. Their tryst. Mm-hmm. So about a week after Amy was arrested, he sold the sex tape. <laughs> I mean, he's a hustler, baby. Yeah, for $7,500. Holy fuck. He's a rich hustler. <laughs> right. So, on the video, he gave Amy $100 to have sex with him. Then he asked her to come to a bachelor party, and she was like, in the video, she says, anything. I'm wild. I don't care. I love sex. (laughs) This 16-year-old girl that is, she's 
a sex worker. Yeah. Like, why? Your parents work hard for that money. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they are living the American dream. Yeah. They own their own business. They work hard. They You've got a car. You've got matching furniture. I mean, why? Why? Money don't buy happiness. True. But it does buy sex. Yes. <laughs> I can't even make a joke of that. Yes. <laughs> After he sold the video, it basically went viral before going viral was a thing. And it is part of what spurred this into being like the tabloidy huge news that it was yeah back in the day the tabloids dubbed her the long island lolita and started like really kind of honing in her allegations that joey is the one that recruited her for the escort service (laughs) service that's the new std you get when you (laughs) when you have sex with pirates you get (laughs) service Me, matey. (laughs) He wants your booty. (laughs) Okay, I was about to do accents and go way too far down that rabbit hole of pirates. It's too much. Too much. (laughs) Okay, so Joey Buttafugo was like, this is fucking bullshit. I did not get her. She's not a sex worker because of me. If she is, she's on her own. I just introduced her. God. Yes. Basically. Oh, shit. Because he is loosely, allegedly, associated with ABBA Escort Services. Because because supposedly he refers both girls and clients. Oh. Also, he is a winner. He sold cocaine to the people, and his nickname was Joey Coco Pops. They'll go cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. Yes. Later, he did admit that he spent 25, 28 days in a drug rehab. Hey, so did uh, Sandra Sandra Bullock Bullock. (laughs) in that movie. And then they went rogue, and there was a zombie movie that was 28 days later, and I always got them confused. I'm like, is that Sandra Bullock movie 28 days or 28 days later? (laughs) All I can remember, he's like... Look at my package. (laughs) My favorite part is when they're in the pet store and the guy is trying to return the plant. (laughs) I always wanted her to get with the baseball player, too. But it wouldn't have been right. It's better if they didn't. But I really wanted them to get together. Yeah. Man, I love a Sandra Sandra Bullock movie. Her, too, huh? Yeah. Yes, me, too. She's my girl. Hit me up, Sandy. (laughs) Let us know if you like what your favorite movie is. Oh, yeah. Sandra. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. This is why she handles in the social media shit. (laughs) Okay. The investigation took another turn. Oh, shit. This is okay. I'm going to backtrack just a second. Not really backtrack, but take a tangent time. I feel like all of this case is has nothing to do with Mary Jo. Right. Like, bless her heart. Like, this case is so focused on. Joey and Amy, that mm-hmm. Mary Jo is just lost in the shuffle. But I am going to talk about her a little bit more later. But, I mean, I'm doing it, too. I'm talking about them yeah. and their affair and their cocaine and... Sex sells, baby. Sex sells. I mean, it does. But but poor Mary Jo Botafuca though. Yeah. I mean, she was just doing her thing, raising the kids. She was a stay-at-home mom and just... Opened the door one day because somebody rang the doorbell. Yeah. And 
her world crashes down. Yes. I mean, aside from the fact that she was shot in the head, she hears that her husband's having an affair with right. a kid. He went from being a pillar in the community to being a pedophile. A- and a pariah. Yes. Oh, look at us. PPP. Okay, so back to the other turn. Two of Amy's former boyfriends came forward and said that she had asked them to help kill Mary Jo. One of them was Chris Dreos or Dreos. You know, I'm good at names. <laughs> said that Amy asked him to get her a gun. And then Stephen Sleeman. Uh, what? Stephen Sleeman. That just sounds fake. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Maybe it's his <laughs> pen name. I don't know. Um, it sounds like a name I would legit make up. And it's a terrible, like, job at it. Yeah. Well, it, it, maybe he likes alliterations like our P's a second ago. Yeah. Anyway. But Amy paid him $600 just to watch the Buttafuoco home. Wow. So she was like, I mean, she was this in is pre- premeditated. It. Like, she's yes. like... Doing her research, stalking her, figuring out her habits, her routines. That is so scary. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so Stephen says, look, I I had no intention to shoot Mary Jo, but he was like, I mean, I strung Amy along because he not only was he getting money from her, she was also fucking him. Mm. So he's like, uh... I can just sit and watch this house and get money and sex. Sign me up. Yeah. So then about a week before the shooting is when she paid Peter to get the... She paid him $800 to get her the twenty five caliber pistol and to drive her over there that day. Wow. And then he... So he was re- later arrested for that. That is just so crazy. There's so many moving parts. I know. So when she was arraigned and it was in Nassau County, she had the highest... Bell set in the history of Nassau County what? at $2 million. Holy Hannah. So they were like, that's way more than her family can afford. So her attorney was like, this is bullshit. They appealed to get the bail lower. Um, they were rejected twice. So then he was like, okay, let's appeal to the world and be like, this is the only thing that she has left is basically her story. And so in order to be able to like, I guess, to get the bill and afford the attorney mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, they didn't have a GoFundMe for her Johns to <laughs> contribute. <laughs> no, they, they were probably like, peace, glad that I don't, you didn't print out my emails. Right. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Forget her pager number. <laughs> Double O no. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So she got $80,000 for her story. And then her family managed to just kind of somehow scrape together 20 more thousand dollars, which, can wow. I do that? I bet they sold a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Joey probably knew a guy. He probably did. <laughs> but, okay, so that was enough to do the 5% fee to get her on, on, out on bail. The family also put up everything they owned, including their $400,000 house, $475,000 in stocks and bonds as collateral Wow! for her bail. So, of course, Mary Jo was like, what the fuck? I don't feel safe. Don't send her out on yeah. bail. Like, she tried, you know, okay, this is, the, let me just read the quote. 
Mary Jo said, I won't feel safe again until she's behind bars. I just know what this girl did to me in cold blood. She's a sick girl. Golly. Like, could you imagine really the terror that she has? Because, like you said, she literally opened the door and her world came crashing Crashing down. down. Yeah, literally nothing was ever the same. Yeah. Well, and then if you... You have to take some merit in what Amy's saying if you are Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. That saying, oh, shit, so he wanted to have someone kill me? Well, if he's having an affair with her mm-hmm. and wants that, what to, what's to say that he won't get someone else to do it? Yep. You know? Like, so you can't even be safe inside your house if you don't open the door because... Your husband could be plotting exactly. something else. Well, a- yeah. So over the summer, Amy's attorney was like working a plea deal together for her where they said that she would agree to or she would plead guilty to one count of reckless assault, which is a conviction that would carry five to 15 years in prison with the possibility of joining a work release program after three years. Wow. And then the prosecutor was like okay and also i'm going to convene the grand jury and we're going to bring up statutory rape charges against joey with a possible conspiracy charge like conspiracy conspiracy to commit murder charge on joey so by the end of september the prosecutor and amy's attorney had had reached a deal and so amy went to meet with all the attorneys and and the homicide detective martin algier so they spent the the whole day kind of talking about Joey and, and everything that happened. But around 5 p.m., they say that the questioning turned to the shooting itself. And that's when Amy began crying contri- uncontrollably, <laughs> crying uncontrollably. And an hour later, they were like, just fuck this. We're ending this meeting. Amy was so upset. She left in tears. And before she left. Well, her- she's 16. Just wait. Okay. Before she left, her attorney gave her permission to visit her latest boyfriend, Paul Makeley. Oh, Lord. Who's 30. She's maybe 18 by this time. Oh, okay. Okay. But he owned Future Physique, which is a gym that was that's like 15 minutes from her house. So, of course, later that night, she goes to see her boyfriend. Yeah. Well, the next day, she goes into court. She enters her plea into the court. But the whole time, she says... What she said from the beginning, she went up to the doorstep with a loaded gun. She, these are, this is a quote from her. I went up to the doorstep with a loaded gun in my pocket. And then she says that when Mary Jo turned around to go inside, I hit her on the back of the head. I went to hit her again and the gun went off. I guess I obviously shot her. And then they, she was asked, was she injured? To which Amy Fisher said, yes. And then they said, and you left? And then Amy said that she fell on top of me. I tried to get her off of me. I hit her, I think, twice. I left. I ran away. Mm-mm-mm. So they were like, okay, we're going to set the sentencing for December 1st. And so she was allowed to keep going, like, out on her bail. To her boyfriend's house. Right. So her attorney was, like, all in the media saying, you know, We've got one fish. We're going after all the rest. Like saying they're going to get Joey and all of this stuff. And poor Mary Jo is like, because she's still with Joey Buttafuoco at this point. Wow. Like they aren't separated. Like they're still together. And she's like, she is livid because 
she's going to jail basically for assault. Yeah. And they're threatening to charge Joey with conspiracy to commit murder. Yeah. And she's like, this is her quote. She said, I'm damn mad. These are baseless chargers. Chargers? Mm -mm, Not what she said. These are baseless chargers of... God damn it! (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when I try to read with passion. Okay. These are baseless charges by a young girl who is an attempted murderer, a liar, and a prostitute. Her quote. Not mine. I feel like I've said that word a lot this episode. So the very next day, another story broke. Oh, gosh. Hard copy. You remember hard copy? Yeah. They they announced that they had, quote, obtained surveillance videotape from old Paul Makeley's gym when Amy was there visiting him after she was so distraught and left that meeting with the attorneys. Yeah. So when she got there, she was hugging and kissing all over him and playing with his hair and blah, blah, blah. What an 18-year-old girl does. And so in the video, you hear her say she asked Paul Makeley to marry her so that they could have conjugal visits while she was behind bars. Wow. And that... I mean, she's got her priorities right. Yes. Well, she said, and in there, too, she was like, I want to keep my name out in, like, the papers and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, why? And she said, because I can make a lot of money. I figure if I have to go through all the pain and suffering, I'm getting a Ferrari. Wow. He was like, pain and suffering? And she said, I don't want to go there, but I figure I'm being a good sport about it, talking about prison. Wow. Yes. So, of course, Joey Buttafuoco and Mary Mary Jo Buttafuoco are like, (laughs) this bitch busted. Yeah. Acting like this. So, like, all of her credibility is destroyed because she's like, I'm going to sell my story. I'm going to make all this money. Right. You know, just all the stuff that she was saying in that video. And it's just like, it just validates them, the Buttafuoco's being like, no, she's crazy. Yeah. I mean, granted... All of what he Joey did was wrong too, but it it I feel like that helped, probably helped Mary Jo because she's like, my husband's gonna get more of a sentence for this, yeah, and she's the one that fucking shot me, right? So they say that they think that, well, they they being Amy Fisher's defense attorneys, feel like Paul Makeley had been paid by hard copy for the tape, but of course. The show's not going to say yes or no to that. Yeah. And he's not going to admit anything. What he if, went into what hiding. If he contacted the Buttafuoco's and was like, I have this stuff. And they were like, we'll pay you to disperse it. And then he got paid by hard copy. Double whammy. Double dipping. No. Double fisting? No. What was his name? The speedboat's name? Double trouble? Double trouble. Damn. Okay. So after Hard Copy released that footage, Amy took 10 to 15 Xanax tablets that she had been described. Described? God, what? Me and words tonight. (laughs) Antidepressants that she had been prescribed by her psychiatrist. And she told her mom, I don't want to live. And so her mom called, I guess, 911. Mm -hmm. And they were like, "Um, this dosage isn't fatal. So like... (laughs) <laughs> they didn't even call the ambulance. Oh so my I, God. Sorry. 
So I guess she they call it, what what the article said is that her mom summoned medical help. So I don't know what that means. She probably called her attorney and was like, "What the fuck do I do?" Yeah. Allegedly. So then at about so what they what they did to treat it was that they well, she just had to basically stay up all night and mm. like it was like it was treated with walking around and drinking coffee. Okay. <laughs> but coffee will stun her growth. <laughs> I want to be 5'10", just like Cindy Crawford. <laughs> what movie? Uh, Clueless? Yes. That's the second <laughs> Clueless reference. It is. Right? Okay. So at noon, she's like, okay, I'm going to try to kill myself again. So this time, she takes 15 to 20 of her father's lorazepam. Oh, shit. Which is a sedated, sedate, golly, <laughs> a sedative. <laughs> She took those sedatives over there. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying it more country or if I'm, like, making it fancy. Probably no, country. Country. Sedatives. Yeah. Okay. It was a sedative prescribed <laughs> for his heart condition. So this time they took her to the hospital. And, like, they say that the whole time heading over there, she's like, let me die. Let me die. Hand, like, hand on her forehead. Yes. Exactly. What is that? St- that... Um, Woe is me. Yeah, that, but gone with the wind. As God is my witness. Yes. I shall not live without the Buttafuoco. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she said, Fook me, Buttafuoco. Oh my God. Sometimes I just go. <laughs> sometimes I got to channel like a Medea and be like, Oh, Lord, with you. <laughs> well,. Fook you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. So, of course, after this quote-unquote suicide attempt, Mary Jo's attorneys are like, what the fuck? These aren't even real. They're trying to spin the media because all this shit just came out about her asking for conjugal visits. Yeah. And saying that she wants a Ferrari and all this shit. And now she's trying to make herself the victim. Right. Amy Fisher is no victim. Is is. What the attorney said. Yeah. Well, it's like when you cry wolf, no one's going to believe you. Yeah. When it really happens. Yeah. Well, so then, right, a couple of days after that, Hard Copy released audio tapes. Oh, shit. Of an, which I don't, okay, Amy audio taped a letter to Paul Makeley. Oh, she saw Felicity, too. I didn't watch that. <gasps> What? I didn't watch that. You know that. It's on Hulu, girl. No, thanks. I have way too many shows and podcasts to catch up on. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. In this audio taped letter, she, this is, I'm going to read you these quotes because I'm going to fuck it up. Okay. I'll probably still fuck it up. Who am I kidding? <laughs> Lip sync for your life and don't fuck it up. All right, RuPaul. Okay. She said in this audio taped letter, I don't understand why my mom ever had me. She said in a soft, wounded voice. I don't have one of those. (laughs) Um, She said, I mean, she just let my father do such terrible things to me. And I feel like she should have just... See, I told you I'd still fuck it up. She said, and I feel like she just looked the other way. She didn't do anything to stop it. And now all she can say is that she's sorry. And all my father can say, the pathetic person that he is, is that he's sorry too. And he kept saying that that he never meant to hurt me. He actually thinks... That will make it better. Oh, my gosh. And so 
when all of that came out about her suicide attempts, her investigator, Richie Haig, was like, she's been betrayed by every man she's ever met. And so, so this kind of coming out about her father, it's not clear as to whether or not it's true. Oh. Okay. So the Fishers haven't said anything. If it's not true, that is low down. It, she was the OG. Was it Casey Anthony? Didn't Casey right. Anthony blame yes. her? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my okay. God. Yes. The Fishers have not said anything about it. Like, they haven't commented at all. Still. Well, I don't know. Oh. At this time, they hadn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then, but family friends were like, absolutely fucking not. She, like, she's. Have you met Amy? She lies about everything kind of thing. Yeah. But again... So again, the crying wolf. Is it true? I don't know. But family, friends really don't know all the time. Oh, absolutely. But then Amy came out and said that what she was really talking about in that was that she was talking about the way that her father complains about the way she dresses, her grades, and her dates. That he wanted her to be in school, and he wanted her to make something of herself. Oh. So... She was, I feel like, I don't know, I wasn't there in her life, but I feel like she was trying to make herself out to be the victim to mm-hmm. Paul Makeley to make him feel sorry for her. Yeah. And then now that her dad heard her say that shit is like, oh, because, I mean, God dang, they have $800,000. Yeah. What plus. A, what a slap in the face. Exactly. And so. A kick in the balls. A flick of the wrist. <laughs> And so I just feel like she that was her backpedaling, being like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, that actually got released. Fuck. You yeah. know? Well, it's like when someone subtweets something and then someone gets called out, like, to clarify, and then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, no, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Which is what you just said, but. I just learned what subtweets were, though, like, a week ago. Oh, Lord. You was the one that told me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, of course, some... You know, some people argued at the time, like, you know, with what, like, with the actions that Amy has taken with the affair with an older man that's married and the attempted murder on Mary Jo and working as a sex worker, they're saying that a a girl with a seemingly normal kind of middle class upbringing doesn't just do that. And so they're saying that. There could be some truth to the allegations that her father abused her, given the way that she acts. Mm-hmm. Or she could be a spoiled brat who has bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Because I really do think she has bipolar disorder. Not that everyone who has bipolar disorder freaking tries to murder their oh right. thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, but I, 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 that's I'm diagnosing her. I hope that doesn't offend anybody. Mary Jo is pissed because she's like, this is all such bullshit. Nobody, like, she is the true victim here. You know, it was right around that time that Mary Jo found out that her face was going to be permanently paralyzed. Golly. And that she was never going to get hearing back in her right ear. Oh, my God. Her financial, like, her family's financially ruined because Joey needs attorneys. She needs attorneys. She's got all these medical bills. Joey basically had to stop working to tell to take care of her because she's been she was so sick from it. Wow. And Mary Jo says, "How could I have imagined this ringing of the doorbell was a threat to me? She was a little high school girl. Who would think there would be a threat?" Wow. Flash forward to 
December of 1992. She is convicted on multiple counts, but she pled guilty to one count of aggravated assault, and she was sentenced to up to 15 years in prison. She served seven years of that prison sentence and was no different in jail while she was in, while she was there. Did she well, get the conjugals? No. She <laughs> accused a corrections officer of raping her. Oh, gosh. And was pursuing legal action for a good amount of time, and then she ended up just dropping the case. Wow. Um, yeah. She so, loves to ruin people's lives. Yeah. She does. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so she's out after seven years. Joy Buttafuoco, who, like, the whole time was like, I didn't do this, I didn't do this, you know, about the affair. They were like, okay, we're not going to charge him. But then, in, so that was, like, in, like, October of 1992. In February of 1993, though, it was cases reopened because Amy Fisher made rape allegations against him. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So she testified against him, and since they had all those hotel receipts with his signature and the dates being before her 17th birthday, they had to charge him with statutory rape. So he pled guilty in October of 1993, and he got six months in prison. Since then, okay, now we're going to kind of flash forward to where are they now. Okay. Oh, I used to love that on VH1. Mm -hmm. After all of that, Joey going to prison for six months for statutory rape and all of that. Joey and Mary Jo stayed together. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. In 1999, though, when she when Amy was released, it was actually because Mary Jo was like, kind of like, I forgive her. Let her out. I don't care. Wow. Yeah. Very big of her. I don't think I could ever do that. No. Amy Fisher then became a columnist for the Long Island Press. She won a media award. Really? For, col- for column slash news from the Society of Professional Journalism in 2004. And Fake she, news. <laughs> she was an advocate for prisoner rights. She wrote a book called If I Knew Then. It was published in 2004. And then in late December 2005, she left left the Long Island Press And then, okay, I couldn't find this, but it says that in 2006, Amy Fisher and Mary Jo Botafuco appeared on Entertainment Tonight together. Whoa. So, okay, this is where it gets. Are you fucking serious? Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm kind of jumping timelines a little bit because, well, (laughs) y'all met me. Yes. Okay, so in 2003, she married Louis Bolera and. They had two kids, a son, Brett, in 2001, and a daughter, Ava Rose, in 2005. How creepy would it have been if she uh, named her daughter her fake name? <gasps> Anne-Marie? Yeah. Oh, my God, that would have been creepy. It is, a, like, a double name, though. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, in 2003, so Amy Fisher's, like, getting married and having kids. Mary Jo and Joey get a, finally get a divorce. Finally. She stayed with him all that time, and then they get a divorce in 2003. So, in 2007, Amy left her husband, and Joey, who had a girlfriend, supposedly left his girlfriend, and that they were going to reconcile as, like, a pitch for an idea for a reality show. Oh, my gosh. And I did 
watch a a little clip from an inside edition with Amy and Joey where they were like saying that they were back together and it was like right after they had had this huge battle where like he was saying she's a piece of shit and all this stuff and it's like now they're saying that like they're in love and oh all of this stuff gosh. and that they're going to make it try to make it work and like um they were like holding hands and like Joey kept trying to kiss her and <laughs> she like would like turn her head to like make him give her a kiss on the cheek and like one time yeah. they really kissed but then one time she like turned her head so he'd have to kiss her on the cheek and I was like this is so wow. for money mm-hmm. there is back and forth as your timeline <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> that took me a minute <laughs> oh my gosh okay on a positive note in 2006 Mary Jo got facial a facial like reconstruction by a plastic surgeon that Basically, like, rerouted the nerves in her face. Really? And so, it basically, it made her face symmetrical again to where she could smile better. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And then they also widened her ear canal to help her hear a little bit better out of there. And then, because she was getting a lot of ear infections from it, too. And so, it prevents further, like, future ear infections. Oh, good for her. hmm So, it's, she's still like paralyzed it's not you know like she's still like you can tell like with her blinks and stuff but it's significantly better i watched a little excerpt from i think it was inside edition again um i know they are like making the money did like it showed her going in with her doctor because they like the cameras followed her for the surgery and i mean she looked amazing like it was she talked about how much her confidence was up and Good because they were, her. yeah, because they were asking her, like, basically, are you ever able to move on from this? Because this was kind of what I was thinking, too. But they and they asked her, like, every time you look in your in the mirror, you have to think about it because, Gosh. you know, and so it's like she can never get away and move on from the fact that her husband had an affair and the girl came and shot her because every time she looks in the mirror, she sees it in her face. Yeah. You know? And so, and she did talk about that and how hard it was to forgive and, you know, all of that. And so that was pretty interesting if you want to go watch that. Wow. So. I hope she's living her best life. I know. I know. All right. Now in 2007, Amy Fisher and her husband reunited. Oh, Lord. And sold a sex tape. Oh, to, God. To Red Light District Video. And then in 2009, she released her first pay-per-view adult film titled Amy Fisher, Totally Nude and Exposed. Um, Been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. Uh-uh, you're nude and exposed. No, she got the t-shirt and then she dropped it and had to go back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I ha- okay, this is god-awful, but I have to tell you that Mary Jo Buttafuoco wrote a book, God Love Her. When I tell you the name of this book, you're going to shit. Oh, my gosh. I took a bullet for Buttafuoco. No. Getting it through my thick skull. (laughs) There you go. There you go, girl. Yes. Okay. Getting it through my thick skull. Why I stayed, what I learned, and what millions of people involved with a sociopath need to know. Girl, do your thing. (laughs) Cannot. Okay, there's more, but wait, there's more. In 2011, Amy Fisher was on the fifth season of Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. And then in 2012, Mary Jo Buttafuoco 
got remarried in Las Vegas. And so she, like, is living her best life. Oh, good. Got her face, you know, her reconstructive surgery. Got her ear fixed-ish. Remarried. Wrote her book. And is this huge advocate for raising awareness for people with facial paralysis. That's awesome. Yes. Joey Buttafuoco, on the other hand, has been married and divorced, arrested numerous times for solicitation, insurance fraud, illegal possession of ammunition, just wow, all of these things. So it's like Joey is living basically the exact same life. And mm-hmm. so is Amy Fisher. And again, poor Mary Jo. At least she's happy. She's remarried. Yeah. She's... Feeling more confident. She's an advocate. She's all of these things. And I'm leaving out a lot about just so much back and forth of Amy Fisher hates Mary Jo and doesn't give a shit about her. And then is like, oh, my God, she forgave me. You know, there's just so much back and forth with them. And, like, in 2011, Joey Buttafuoco and Amy Fisher's boyfriend, Lou Bolera, were on Celebrity Fight Night. Oh, Lord. To have a boxing match. Also, Amy Fisher was on Celebrity Fight Night, and guess who she fought? Brigitte Nielsen. <gasps> That's a good guess, but no. She was on everything VH1. She was. She was. <laughs> no. Octomom. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, she's got to feed her kids. I mean... Oh, my God. Just, like, with the D-list celebrities, with the, like... Yes. With Dr. Drew and the fighting and the this and the... I want to say, I can't remember which one it was, either... I don't know, one of the two. We're on... What's the show where they do, like, where the couples are breaking up and they... Marriage boot camp. Yes. some One of them were on something like that, too. Oh, my God. One of them was on... Anyway. Like, people, just stop. Please, stop. But that's the thing, though, is that when you've been through something like that, though, they kind of have to do that because he's going to get a real job. Like, he's, I'm sure, lost his business. You know, it's like, where do they go from there, really, though? Walmart. They hire everyone. He can greet me. Be like, hey, Joey. (laughs) Butterfuco, what up? (laughs) When I was looking it up, because there, like, a lot of stuff was talking about how crazy this was. Like, there were so many movies made about it. Yeah. Drew Barrymore was in one. What? Uh-huh. Okay, so there were three movies. One, like I said, had Drew Barrymore in it, and that was called The Amy Fisher Story, and that was on ABC. And <laughs> it's like, it's, there was such controversy with the casting, because at the time, Drew Barrymore was still young. Like, yeah. Like, the the... One of the things talking about the the movie was, like, casting with still jailbait Drew Barrymore to wow. play Amy Fisher. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. They were going for authentic. Apparently. Okay, so the three movies that came out, they were all from different perspectives. One was from Amy's perspective. One was from the Buttafuoco's perspective. And then the one with <laughs> Drew Barrymore was from the perspective of the New York Post reporter, Amy Pagnozzi. Wow. What the fuck? Why? Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I guess it's just like 
her learning about the case and reporting. I mean, I'm, I guess I kind of get it, but it's like, that's random. But, okay, so the one that was about, like, from the Buttafuoco's perspective, it was called Casualties of Love, the Long Island Lolita story. CBS aired that. The other one is Amy Fisher, My Story, and that was NBC's version. And that is the one I remember watching. Wow. Like, 100%. Okay, especially when I was reading the the details of it, because it's like, has her... Because all I can remember about this is whoever played Amy Fisher sitting in the prison cell, like, telling the story into a recorder. And it was like... (laughs) A scared, slightly rebellious kid got in and over her head. Fisher narrates the story via a weepy cassette recording. She's making in jail. <laughs> and it's just like I like I remember this movie. It's so crazy, like how vivid this is to me, you know? Yeah. But okay, but that's it. Wow. I didn't that know it was all of that. The attempted murder of Mary Jo Buttafuoco. What do you remember of it? Do you remember stuff like that? Their name. Really? I remember, I mean, I remember down to his outfit, his hair, his outfits. Well, yeah, because you had him up on your fucking wall. (laughs) Jonathan Taylor Thomas and then a fucking 50-year-old A.C. Slater. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so true. But Um, he looked way worse because Mario Lopez, he still got it. He does still got it. And by the way, Mm -hmm. on Home Improvement, you know I liked Brad. True. (laughs) True. I don't know his real name in life. Uh Uh-huh. JTT was mine. Yes. See, this is why we work. We have different (laughs) tastes in men for the most part. True. What's that meme that it's like? Like, the reasons why best friends work, and it's like, same taste in alcohol, different taste in men. Yes. <laughs> That's not us, but we work. <laughs> we don't have the same taste in alcohol. No. You like beer, I don't. I like the fruity drinks. I like the feminine with umbrellas and That's what that's the kick I've been on lately whenever I do drink. But Stop I'm trying to be me. <laughs> Just stay away from my men. <laughs> okay, so what did we learn this week? Um, I got one. Okay. Watch out for kids in gift shops because they're probably a ghost. Yes. That keeps coming up, right? It really does. Okay, you have one? Yeah. Make sure you have a smart home, like the doorbell with the... uh, Yes, the camera. Yes. Yes, I thought that too. Oh my God, because I forgot about your story from your friend. Mm -hmm. I said friend really weird. Friend. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my sure. God, yeah. And what's funny is that whenever I was telling the Mary Jo story, too, I was like, man, if she would have had one of those cameras, she still would have answered it, though, because it's a kid. Yeah. Because, I mean, just like she said, she's a kid. What did I have to be afraid of? Right. She obviously didn't know the black-eyed kids, but whatever. Also. She does now. She listens to this fucking podcast, <laughs> and she's going to be attacked by them. Also, though, that camera could save your life there, too. How so? Because if they're knocking on the door... Oh, true. And you look and... You're like, they ain't got no eyes. <laughs> Be like, I don't have any legs and I can't get up. <laughs> Number three. Mm-hmm. I hate a shady beach. <laughs> <laughs> so does Carrie because she got tan. She don't want no shade. And you should not be shady. If you do shady shit, shit happens. Shady shit leads to shit. <laughs> 
leads to shitty shit. And a teenager knocking on your door, ain't nobody got time for kids. No. If you want Girl Scout cookies, go to a supermarket. Go to the Dollar General. Oh, yeah. They got the good the knockoff good, kind. They even have them at Walgreens now. What? My dad texts me. He's like, can you bring me some um, junk food? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sure. And uh, they had the the fake caramel delights. And oh I was my like, gosh. I think he likes these. And they were so damn good because I ate some, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to schlep this over to you, I'm going to eat some. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, there you go. If you want to be cheap, go to Dollar General or, what did you say? Walgreens. It's your neighborhood pharmacy. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is not an ad. We just really hate going to Walmart. Yes. Oh, gosh. Okay, so I know it's, like, controversial, but I watched some of The Ranch, the newest season. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, Danny Masterson is on yes. there and that whole Me Too. And I did not know he was a Scientologist until Carrie told me that. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know. I didn't either. It wasn't until all of his shit about him sexually assaulting people, basically, yeah. that I saw that he was a Scientologist. Because it was talking about, like, how much has been... It was speculating as to how much has been swept under the rug, given that he's a Scientologist. And oh, yeah. Their history with how they manage mm-hmm. abuse allegations. Leah Remini, get on it. <laughs> that is the best freaking show. <laughs> um, but oh, so I said Dollar General, and this brought me like brought me back to watching the ranch. And Ashton's character is like the daft mm-hmm. high school football jock, but he peaked in high school, mm-hmm. and he's like. I don't have insurance and blah, 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 and all these problems. And then they have, like, a heart-to-heart, him and his fiance. And afterwards, he's like, you know what? You're right. I can change one thing. I'll call the general tomorrow and get insurance. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I died because I really thought that was a fake, like, a fake commercial. The first time you saw it? Yeah. That's so funny. Because what? And then uh, for Shaq, Shaq, (laughs) what Shaq is like raking in the dough in advertisements. That icy hot. uh, Oh my god, that is the best gift on the planet. His dancing with the cat. Cat. Yes, the best. Oh my gosh, was it icy hot or uh, Arm and Hammer? I don't fucking know. Or what? So clearly not that good of advertisement. (laughs) (laughs) i really think it's icy hot though i think so too i just double no god double no i just second guess myself okay so again watch out for creepy fucking kids and don't go in a gift shop because you're just going to spend your money on a fucking (laughs) spoon that has the city on it (laughs) or a little bitty cute but stupid License plate keychain with your name on it. Well, no, because that <laughs> shit never had my name spelled correctly. <laughs> so, must be nice, Donna. <laughs> okay, the other thing, get you some fucking surveillance shit. Yes. Cameras. CCTV. Load it up. <laughs> Don't be shady. Don't be a shady beach. Be a lady. 
<laughs> I don't know. Just rhyming here. <laughs> Just the uh, feeling your flow. Yeah. Seeing what comes out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Remember. Creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.